0: Episode 1, The Authority. This episode is brought to you by authorities. Without them, what would there be to resist? Okay, you are the most powerful person in the world. You sit on top of a structure that is so dominant, that it controls and it influences pretty much everything in your world. You answer to absolutely nobody, yet everybody, from peasant to king, answers to you. Furthermore, everybody has to believe what you determine to be the truth. Have you got that? Can you feel that kind of power? Yes? Then congratulations. You are the Pope. The year is 1517 and your domain is the Catholic world of Europe. For the last thousand years or so, your church, the church that you now lead, has gone from being a grassroots and oppressed religion. In the former Roman Empire, uh, you know, from a religion where the gospel was once whispered between persecuted refugees in catacombs underneath cities, to being the most dominant force around. It's a time where the gospel is now spoken on a daily basis, multiple times, from the pulpit, every single day to every single person in the society. And the church runs through every part of society, from the smallest villages to the biggest, busiest cities. And all of that happens because of a structure all across Europe of priests and nuns and monks, a clerical structure that is universal. Now, if anybody questions you, this all-powerful pope, And uh, if anyone questions the church, which, by the way, are the same thing, you are the church, if anybody states a belief that is different to the one that you and your predecessors have determined to be the truth, then you, the Pope, are within your personal right to have that person burnt to death publicly. Let's say this happened, and you ordered a heretic to be burnt to death. You had excommunicated them and labelled them a heretic. As that heretic is being dragged through the streets to the public square to a stake erected upright with a bundle of sticks and fuel below it, and as they're being tied to that stake there'd be a lot of things going through their mind. I can't imagine what I would be thinking at that time. But there's a very good chance at this time and place in the world that as that heretic was being tied to the stake and the fuel below their feet is being lit, as the heat from it is starting to intensify and they can start to smell their burning hair and their roasting skin and as the smoke is filling their lungs and they're beginning to suffocate, what is going through that heretic's mind, there is a very good chance that they would be thinking about you, the all-powerful Pope, because there's a very good chance that they still believed, no matter what they had said, that you were still the proprietor of their souls, that you had control over what happened to their eternal souls. And you had excommunicated them, you had labeled them a heretic, and in doing this, you had consigned their eternal souls to an eternity of torture, hellfire, damnation, the worst existence that they could possibly imagine and this is a time and place where everybody from a young age as kids have been conditioned and taught and told to imagine that fear and that hellfire and that place every day as much as they could so everybody had a very real idea of what that place was and how it felt to them but actually at this stage in proceedings as the heretic is burning to death What they think actually doesn't really matter anymore. Not to you, the Pope. Only in life had their thoughts really mattered, because they were affecting and threatening the solidity and structure of your establishment, the Church. Now, that had been dealt with. That person was burning to death. So, what they thought didn't matter. What did matter, however, were the thoughts of every single person on that public square witnessing this public display of your awesomeness, frankly, because what those people are thinking about is exactly that awesomeness and how infallible and great you are. And when I say thinking about, it's probably the wrong term because thinking, when we say, you know, thinking about today, it implies a a process of critique or analysis or that there might be more than one option. But this was not the case. There were no shades of truth. There was no alternative truth other than what you, the all-powerful Pope, had decreed. So unless the people in the square watching the execution of the heretic, unless they wanted to suffer the same fate as the person who used to own the now blackening corpse in front of them, there was only one truth, and that truth is you. It just would have been present in the mind of every person there that your power had deemed what they were seeing to happen, and that that was normal and that was just. It's really hard to imagine this. For me, it's it's hard to imagine this, and I'm pretty sure it's hard for most people today to think about this, blindly accepting watching a person being burnt to death in front of you in the public domain by order of the authorities. It's tough to relate our modern and comparatively skeptical mindsets to those of our 1500s counterparts, to accept so absolutely that this was a right and a proper thing to be happening. Of course, it's always dangerous in history to look at the past and how people might think or feel and to do a couple of things you can project we can like we can project our mindset onto people obviously and uh we can sort of imagine how they felt but through our eyes which is obviously uh mistaken or can lead to a lot of uh, problems or we can also go too far in the other way and sort of exaggerate the differences too much but As it is, when we talk about Europeans of the 1500s, the mindset that we associate with them is one where God and the Pope, who was the church, basically controlled and determined everything. And that had been ingrained in the psyche of European society for a thousand years. So there's even an argument, you know, possibly they could have, related more to people a thousand years before them than we can relate to them five hundred years later. But it is difficult to absolutely know, but that's how that's what we associate with Europeans of this time. But in us not relating to them, in feeling if, if you feel like you could not blindly stand by and accept happily watching, laughing, smiling, the display of somebody being burnt to death if you feel like you can't relate to that, then a very big reason why that is the case, a massive contributing factor to why most of us would struggle to stand in front of a person burning alive and be okay about it, is because somebody eventually stood up to you, the Pope, and they resisted you with all their might. This person... They rode the wave of historical circumstance and and luck, and he was armed with his conscience, his stubbornness, but also an intelligence. In doing what he would do, he would completely throw the established world into disarray. A thousand years of accepted norms and an understanding of why the world was the way it was all just came crashing down. A world where people were so absolutely sure about the structure of things that they could, within that structure, justify happily watching another human being burnt to death. That world would become no more. Because of this man, because of his resistance to you, the all-powerful Pope, and the destruction of accepted truth after a thousand years. In Europe, humans were left so shaken and uncertain about the world around them that they have basically been flailing to fill the vacuum ever since. This person, of course, whose resistance would spark such cataclysmic change was an Augustinian monk, and his name was Martin Luther. In the next episode, we're going to meet Martin Luther, and we'll join him as he begins his path towards resistance and defiance.